Assalamu alaikum family. Can y'all hear me? Let me know if y'all can hear me. Check, 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 check. Can y'all hear me? All right. We are live. We are live on your power call this morning. Let me make sure that the message has gone out. Give us one second. All right, so let's go ahead and open up. I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, surely I'm being turned unto thee, striving to be upright to him who originated the heavens and the earth, and I am not among the polytheists. Surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Lord, so she has thee, this I am commanded, and I am of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king, there is no God but thee, thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. I have been unjust to myself, and I confess my faults. So please grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me to the best of morals, for none can guide me to the best of morals but thee. And turn away from me the evil and the indecent morals, for none can turn away from me the evil and the indecent morals but thee. And O Allah, bless Muhammad. And bless the true followers of Muhammad, as thou did bless Abraham and the true followers of Abraham, for surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. And O Allah, make Muhammad successful, and make the true followers of Muhammad successful, as thou did make Abraham and the true followers of Abraham successful, for surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. Amen. I don't know why I feel like I skipped a part. If I did, please forgive me. All right, today we're going to be speaking on love, the essence of life. Love, the essence of life. Uh, we should be good on the Vimeo side. Let me check the power call side. Okay, we do got the people that is tuned in on the power call side. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start this message. This is going to be about an hour message from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So we're going to go ahead and get started. If you are here in the premium community side, make sure that you take your notes. And um, if you have something to share towards the end, I will bring you up to share something that stood out for you. So let's get started. From the Final Call Administration Building at 734 West 79th Street, this is the fifth radio broadcast of the Respect for Life series that will run for 52 weeks. The principal speaker is Minister Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Messenger of Allah. Call a friend and ask them to tune in. If you would like to attend these weekly broadcasts, you are cordially invited. Also, if you are interested in supporting the radio ministry of Minister Louis Farrakhan, please send your contribution to 
The Final Call Radio Ministry, Box 20083, Chicago, Illinois, zip code 60620. To repeat it again, The Final Call Radio Ministry, Box 20083, Chicago, Illinois, zip code 60620. If you would like a tape of today's lecture, or if you would like to subscribe to this series of broadcasts, or if you would like to become a subscriber to the Final Call newspaper, we will give you more information at the end of this program. And now, Minister Louis Farrakhan. In the name of Allah the Beneficent, the Merciful, the one God to whom all praise is due, the Lord of the worlds, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. And in the name of his true servant and last messenger, our beloved leader, teacher, and guide, the messenger of Almighty God Allah, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, I greet you, my beloved brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum. My dear and beloved brothers and sisters, again, it is a great privilege and pleasure for me to have this opportunity to bring to you the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad a man whom Almighty God has raised up from the midst of us to give us that word which would give us mental, moral, spiritual, and economic life. This is the fifth broadcast in the series titled Respect for Life. Today, we would like to deal with the essence of life. If we look at the word life, L-I-F-E, and look at the word love, L-O-V-E, we find that the words are the same. Life, L-I-F-E, and love, L-O-V-E is the same word. Only the F is interchangeable with the V. You cannot have life where there is not love. And you cannot have love where there is not life. The whole activity of this universe is demonstrative of the love of the Creator for His creatures. Now that we have said that, we intend in the few minutes that we shall be together to prove that there is no life where there is no love. And there is no love where there is no life. Life and love are one 
and the same. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is warning Israel, and through Israel, Moses is warning us today. Almighty God, under the name Jehovah, had chosen Israel to be his people, and he would be their God. And Jehovah made a covenant with Israel that he would do many wonderful things for Israel if Israel obeyed his law, his statutes, his commandments, followed his ways, and kept his judgments. However, Israel disobeyed this commandment and broke the covenant that they made with Jehovah. And as a result of breaking their oath with Jehovah, they fell victim to all of the curses that Almighty God told them would be inflicted upon them because of their disobedience. So here we have two dispositions before us. God, through Moses, is telling Israel, if you obey my commandments, you will have these blessings. If you disobey my commandments, you will have these curses. So obedience to God is also akin to life. Disobedience to God brings about spiritual death, moral death, and ultimately physical death. Now listen to these words in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the uh, 30th chapter, the 15th verse. Moses says to Israel, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day, number one, to love the Lord thy God. I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil. And the first thing he says to Israel, I command you this day that you must love the Lord thy God. So life to Israel meant loving the God who brought Israel up out of bondage. Then he says, not only must you say out of your mouth that you love God, but you must prove this love by walking in his ways, keeping his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, that thou mayest live and multiply. Now life is mentioned twice. If you want to live, you must love. Then you must walk in his way. You must keep his commandments, follow his statutes in jud and judgments and ordinances, that you may live and multiply. Now the word multiply 
has a physical meaning, of course. We all multiply whether we love God or not. We multiply. But this is not talking about physical multiplication. But what God is telling Israel, that if you obey me, as multiplication is taking a multiplier times a multiplicand and getting a product, God is saying, if you take yourselves and multiply yourselves by my commandments, my statutes, my ordinances, my ordinances, my way, you are going to be a product that will be set over all of the nations and through you I will be glorified on the earth. You will be able to live and multiply. You will be able to live and grow into the wisdom of God until you become a perfect expression of God's will. But he says, if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land to which thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Now this is a capsule of our message today. To love God who is the life of the people. To love him and to obey him is a life of blessing. To disobey him and yet claim to love him gives the lie to your love. If you love God, you obey him. If you say you love him, yet disobey him, this makes us hypocrites. And all hypocrisy is appointed the same chastisement as disbelief. It is death and cursing. All right. Now that we have laid this kind of foundation for our message. I would like to talk to you for a few minutes on how love grows in the human being. We are born into the world with a capacity to love. For the very essence of Almighty God is love. The scriptures of the New Testament tell us God is love. 
That's a very powerful sentence that needs to be understood by all those of us who use that sentence. God is love. The Holy Quran, which is the book of scripture of the Muslims, in every chapter, with the exception of the ninth chapter, which is the chapter of the hypocrites, begins by stating, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. These two great attributes of Almighty God are repeated over and over again. And the root of beneficence and the root of mercy is Allah's love for his creatures. So when the scriptures of the Bible say that God is love, the scriptures of the Bible are teaching us that the very force and power by which and through which God creates is love. The very power that he uses to regenerate life, to revive the human spirit is his love. And where you have love, Coming from the divine being, you have a revival of the human spirit. Where there is no love, the human spirit dies. All right. Now, what is the human spirit? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us that the original people of the earth, the black people of the earth, are by nature the people of Almighty God. Are you saying, Brother Farrakhan, that those who are other than black are not the people of God? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is saying to us and to the world that the black people of the earth are the original people of the earth. They are the first of God's creation. And he created the black people or the original people of the earth with his own nature and with his own spirit. Therefore, if you look at black people, wherever you find us on the earth, you find characteristics of love and compassion and mercy and charity. Look in America. The black people in this country have been treated worse by the so-called uh, Caucasian or white man than any human being has ever been treated in the annals of human history, even to this very moment of this broadcast. Yes, Nevertheless, when you walk among black people, white people feel a sense of the lack of hatred even though they have put on us what they know should bring hatred to them yet among black people there is no history in this country of black people generally revolting against white people even though they mistreated us and we cooked their food there is no history that we in mass poisoned white folk. 
We didn't act hatefully by them. And even in 1983, as you look at black people, you see a heart and a mind and a spirit of compassion, of mercy and love, even though it is somewhat twisted and corrupted. Black people in this country are poor, generally poor. It is a disgrace that in the poorer neighborhoods, Black people pay more rent for worse housing. They pay more money for cheap food. They don't get the best of service, but the stores that serve the black community make, in quotes, a killing on us because they do not love us. They don't have the desire to serve us. Their nature and mind and spirit is to exploit the condition of the black man. Is that right? Yes, now, if this is so, and it is, and they make a killing off of the exploitation of us, and as we look at our people getting the worst out of so-called American life and paying more for it, we are witnessing a demonstration not of the love of God but of hatred and even though this happens you don't see black people rising up throwing out their exploiters throwing out their oppressors murdering them as they delight in murdering us he's messed up the black man is but he's compassionate and their own statistics say that as poor as we are, we give more to charitable causes than white folk. Why do we give more and have less? Is it because we're silly? No, it is because charity, goodness, mercy, giving is a part of our nature. All of this bears witness that the black people are the original people of the earth and they are created in the very nature of God himself. They are a loving people toward everybody else except self because the Caucasian people have taught and trained us not to love ourselves but to love everybody other than ourselves. Now, how does this love grow? Since love is the essence of the Spirit of God and love is the power by which Almighty God gives life, maintains life, sustains life, how does love grow? The Holy Quran teaches us that Allah created male and female and between them he put love and compassion. Almighty God in creating the male and the female he put within us a natural inclination toward one another. He put within the male and the female love and compassion for one another. So as we grow into puberty 
and grow into maturity, the young man's nature leads him to seek the woman and the young woman's nature leads her to seek the man. For we both find fulfillment and growth in the love of one another. Now follow this carefully. When a young woman says to a young man, I love you, and means it, if that man loves her, he feels secure by her love, and she feels secure by his love. And by saying, I love, you receive and you give. You have received something. In order to say, I love, you must receive something. Whether it is spiritual or the demonstration of a spiritual feeling by the giving of a physical gift, you receive something inwardly from the person. In your conversation, you receive something. You like the way they appear. You like the way they look. But you can't live with their looks and their appearance. So you want to know the person more deeply. So you get closer. And as you converse and as you speak, you begin to see, mm, he's giving me something. Mm, she's giving me something. I feel a watering of things within me that were dormant. I feel growth within. And the person grows to say, ah, this is love that I feel. And then they're not sure, so they watch it a while. And the friends look at them and say, gee, you look different. You're all aglow. What's, what, what has happened in your life? They say, uh, I'm in love. I'm in love. When they say that, love has made a change in their, in their facial um, contour. Love has brought light into their face. Love has changed their spirit. Love entering in has brought life to that human being and there are qualities that Almighty God has put within us that only love can cause to come out. So when a person is in love, they reach down deep within themselves to give of the best of themselves to that person whom that male or female falls in love with. This is the beauty of love. Love is the force that brings two, uh, we say, different natures that belong together together and in that love it brings about unity and that unity brings about the multiplication of that species. Love grows and then when the two come together it is the first step toward the sperm and the egg meeting in a dark place and then life begins in the womb because of love bringing two people together. Now, this world's life is not quite like that. People are brought together on the basis of lust that has a similar appearance to love, but it is devoid of the Spirit of God. So it cannot be called love because love is the essence of the Spirit of God and where there is lust, and filth and degenerate thought and action, the Spirit of God is not present. Therefore, that act cannot be called an act of love. 
It is an act of lust. Very good. Now, when the, uh, all praise is due to Allah, when the baby is conceived in the womb, if that mother, listen carefully, if that mother loves the father of this growing child, that mother is real happy over having this baby. It's a terrible thing to see a woman carrying a child for a man that she does not love and she hates her pregnancy while she's carrying life, not realizing that the thoughts that she thinks and the spirit that she is in is mocking this life that is being carried in her womb. But oh, when a woman is in love with a man and takes joy in the fact that she's carrying his life within her, then when that child comes forward, the pain that she receives at birth, and it is good and proper that we receive some of this natural pain. It is not a good thing to take away all the pain to make the birth painless because the fact of birth is a fact of pain, but it is not a pain so bad that the woman is unable to bear it, even though sometimes it becomes so unbearable that she might want to die. It is that pain that gives birth to this new life, that when she holds that new life in her hand, she forgets the pain, and the pain has brought her close to this new life that she has brought into being. It is that pain of bringing that new life into being that makes the mother wake up in the middle of the night sensing that the cover is over the baby's face because it is that pain that cements the relationship between that mother and that child. And now milk is coming into the breast. Oh, beloved black woman and all women who listen, you rob yourself of an exquisite pleasure and you rob the baby of that emotionally satisfying, stimulating, and nourishing part of its growth when you rob the baby of the feeding at your breast. Your breast milk is better for the baby than any cow. In fact, the poor calf can't get to the cow's udder for the farmer kicking the calf away, milking the cow, giving a human being cow's milk. This is terrible for you to give a cow's milk, that is the food for a calf, to a human being. When everything of the love and tenderness and emotional feeling of the mother for her child is all coming through her breast in the milk that she feeds her child. So when the baby comes into the world, coming into a strange environment, coming out of that warm bag of waters, the first emotion, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, that the baby experiences is the emotion of fear. And when the baby is made afraid, it cries. And in its crying out, that's the baby's first prayer. And when the mother takes that baby or the baby is taken and cradled, 
and its fear is assuaged. And the breast is put in the baby's mouth. And the baby begins this tender relationship with its mother. After a while, the baby begins to look at the mother and starts to smile. And then the baby makes little cooing sounds that the mother loves to hear. This is the baby giving after it has received. The baby was given love and the baby responds and cannot speak but says, I love you. The Spirit of God is there. If the child is nurtured in a loving home, it develops the child psychologically, emotionally. If the child sees the mother beating the father or the father beating the mother, oh, that, that happens. Sometimes the mother whoops the father. <laughs> we don't want to deal with that. Let's go on. When the child sees this kind of activity in the home, it tears up the child emotionally. Love in the home is the feeding ground for nurturing the child emotionally, psychologically, and making the child stable. All right. Then when the child leaves a loving home, the child is put in an institution called school. That school should have the same environment of love. If the child gets it in the home, it misses it in the school because here now, this is business. I get paid to do this. I'm not in the spirit of it. There are teachers who don't love to do what they're doing because the children are such problems and they can't handle the problem so they fall out of love with their own profession. It's a payday that I'm looking for. So the spirit is out of the teaching because there's no love for teaching and no love for the children that the teacher is teaching. Because the public school system does not show love and concern for black children. I'm sorry, I must tell the truth. Now, black people in this country are in a loveless society. Will you agree with the truth? Yes, it doesn't appear that anybody has love for black people. Sometimes children begin to even doubt that their own parents love them. Because oftentimes as parents, we have not been shown love ourselves, so we really don't know how to love our own children. Some of us think that loving them is giving them some gift at Christmas, or giving them some new dress or some new suit at Easter time, or letting them run the streets all hours of the night and do as they please to do. We say, I do this because I love you. This is not love. Love means giving the child emotionally what it needs to grow. Love means breaking the child's neck, not literally, but spanking its rump when it's time for that because the scripture tells you spare the rod and you spoil the child. 
This doesn't mean you overly express this love. If you really love the child, you don't use the child as your whipping board simply because you are frustrated in this sick, crazy world. But you spank the child in harmony or in a just manner with, in accordance with the, the uh, crime or the disobedience or the violation of statute that the child has um, been uh, guilty of. You don't beat the child a hundred times for just wetting itself. This is madness. We live in an unjust world, an uncaring world, a world that is devoid of the Spirit of God. And this is why this particular world, the world ruled over by Caucasian influence, has been prophesied of in the Bible and Holy Quran as a world that God will destroy because His Spirit is not present in this world. You have churches on every corner, preachers on every corner, everybody preaching the Bible and you get a form of righteousness, but the spirit of God is absent from the people because the people don't love one another. They don't love themselves. All praise is due to Allah. Now, as I have said in previous broadcasts, that when Almighty God loves his people and loves a people and sees them in the condition of degeneracy that would lead them to destruction, out of his love, he fashions for that people a messenger or a prophet. Now, the prophet is styled in the... Uh, uh, Quran and Bible oft times as a woman because a woman's love is more close to the love of God than any other love. Women love unselfishly. Sometimes they get nothing in return. But out of their love they give and they give and they give. I have often read of mothers who run into flaming buildings to get their child where the fireman wouldn't go and the father may not go. The mother will challenge the flames for that child. I read an account in the uh, Tribune about a woman whose baby was caught by a bear and that woman challenged the bear for her child. She was, she lost all fear because her love for her child was so great she forgot about any pain coming to her. All she could see was her baby being dragged by a bear and she challenged that bear and made so much noise around that bear that the bear ultimately dropped the child and ran away. Now, what is this to say? The love of the woman akin to the love of God is the force that nurtures and develops a child from an infant into the man and the woman. It is the love and the care that comes from that love that is the nurturing power that grows life.
God is love. Love needs to be defined. One day I was talking to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad about black folk learning to love each other. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad looked at me and said, Oh, brother, I keep hearing you talking about love, love, love. What is the meaning of love? And I made an attempt to describe love. And I described it according to the dictionary's definition. And the, the dictionary definition is a very surface definition. Because the people of this world only know love in the surface way. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad looked at me after I floundered around a few minutes not knowing really what love was that I was talking about. Then he said, Brother, there can be no love if there is not freedom, justice, and equality. He said these three, freedom, justice, and equality, are the essentials of love and they are the essentials of life. There is no life without freedom. There is no life without justice. There is no life without equity. There is no love where you will not free a person. What do you mean? Free to do what you will? No. Nothing in creation is free to do what it wills except man. And God imposes limits on man. But when man exceeds the limits, he puts himself into the position where he must reap the consequence of his deeds. But the sun is free, but it has limits. The moon, the stars, they are free, but they have limits imposed upon them. God, out of love, puts limits on everything that he gives freedom to. He never gives you unlimited movement, unrestricted, unconfined. No, there is confines to freedom. There are limits to freedom. And when man does not obey the limits prescribed by the God of freedom, then he gets into that which is called license. And when you're into the realm of licentious behavior, you have exceeded the limits and therefore the consequence of that rebellion is death. Is that clear? Yes, All right then. So if freedom, justice, and equality are the three essentials of love and of life, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Islam is freedom, justice, and equality. Islam means submission to the will of God. Jesus taught freedom, justice, and equality. All of the prophets taught freedom, justice, and equality. They were the epitome of love for their time. And they brought a message that gave freedom to the people, justice to the people, equity to the people. So if Islam, which means uh, submission to the will of God, obedience to God's will, and that obedience gives you freedom, justice, and equality, what is the nature of freedom, justice, and equality? Then the nature of God and the nature out of which freedom, justice, and equality comes, that is Islam. So when you say, I love, and it's in the divine sense, 
then you give freedom of expression to that which you love. You want to bring out what is within. What is confined within, you want to free it. You want to bring it out. You are not oppressive. You are not suppressive. But within the limits defined by the law of Almighty God, you allow people to grow. In this world, there is no love, for there is no freedom, justice, and equality for the black man, nor even for the common white man. Think it over, beloved. This is a hate-filled world. Poor black man, afraid to think, afraid to move, cannot move limited, restricted, and confined by unnatural limits imposed by white people. You can't live over here. You stay over there. That's an unnatural limit. Those kind of limits define the parameters of the racism and the prejudice and the wickedness of the dominant people of the society. That is not the true limit. The true limit is imposed by God. He gives nature its limits. And that's why you won't find lions just walking out in the city. Because their nature limits them to a certain environment in which they can live, move, and have their being. You do not find fish jumping out of the water, you know, trying to walk on the land. They are limited by the nature in which they are created to the environment of the sea. And there are certain levels that certain fish cannot go beyond because the nature of their life will not allow them to go into the depth of the sea. God prov provides natural limits. But the Caucasian world has imposed unnatural limits on the black man. You don't have freedom. You don't have justice. You don't have equality. You don't have the love of God. And therefore the spirit of God is absent from this world. It is not found in the White House. It is not found in the Congress. It is not found in the City Hall or in the State House. The love and the spirit of God is not found. The black people in America have lived in an environment in which we have grown up with no love. And this is why black people emotionally and psychologically are immature. And our language speaks of our immaturity. That's why we call each other, what's happening baby? Come on over to my crib. Babies and cribs are synonymous. So-called Negroes and their foolish activity in their homes are synonymous with babies. Your house is a crib where you go and you play and you party and you involve yourself in folly and foolishness and sport and play while your houses should be places where you think and plan for your family, plan for your people, plan for your future, but you are undeveloped children. And this is so because there is no love. I thank Almighty God, Allah, for the day that I met the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. For I met a man that is styled in the scripture as a woman. Because a messenger of God, his mind is in darkness even as the womb of the woman is dark.
But when the time is right, she can receive the germ of life and the connection between the germ of life and the egg produces the first cell of life. Likewise, with a man who is longing to see a change take place in the condition of his people, his mind doesn't have the truth that he could germinate into a program and an idea that would deliver his people. So all he can do is long for. All he can do is hope for. All he can do is pray for a change. But it's like a woman laying down in her bed at night thinking about the man that she will ultimately marry, the man that she will ultimately fall in love with. She may not know his face, but she begins to imagine what that man will be like. And when she sees that man, the man of her dreams, and hears his voice, she says it was love at first sight. It can happen that way. It is not that it was first sight. She saw it in the catacomb of her mind. She, she uh, formed that man. And when she met that man, it was like at last I have met what I've already seen in my mind. It was love at first sight. And that's the way it was with Moses when he met with God. And that's the way it was with Jesus when he met with the Father. And that's the way it was with Elijah Muhammad when he met with Almighty God who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad to give love and to give life and to give freedom, justice, and equality to extend blessing to the black man and woman of America if we would follow this divinely chosen apostle of Almighty God. Now, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did a work among us that even though we saw it, we didn't believe what we were looking at. The man loved us so much, he challenged America like a mother challenges the flames of the fire to get her baby out of it. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad liked the love of the mother, which is akin to the love of God. It is not that Elijah Muhammad had a love that was akin to the love of God. He was Fashion in the very love of God, in the very spirit of God to do a work among us that would be declared to the ends of the earth as a testimony of God's visit among us. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad challenged the government of America like no black man that ever lived. Why? Because he's a radical? Because he's a, a, some man who wants to make himself your leader? No. He challenged America because America, like a giant womb, holds the black man in her grip and refuses to let the black man go even though we've outgrown her grip. You see us trying to get away from her unjust limitations on our lives. You see us trying to revolt, to rebel against her wicked mistreatment of us. But she wants to hold us in the womb and the time has long passed. I say to America, you will have to let us go or either you will die by the hand of our development or we will die by your refusal to let us go. Either both of us will die or one will die and the other shall live. Which one shall it be? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad demonstrated love. He set up schools in which love was taught. 
The people who were the teachers had to demonstrate love for black people. You can't teach black people if you don't love them. You can't handle the, the crazy madness of our people if you don't love them. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad's love settled over those of us who would partake of his spirit. And he built for us. But there would come a time when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, like every mother and like every father, has to leave the child in the world to go for itself. Every mother that loves a child wants to do the best she can or he can, the father, for the child because everyone knows that there's a time coming when I won't be able to be with you, child. But I want to put the foundation of life in you so that when mama's not here anymore, when dad is not here anymore, you hear my voice in your brain telling you the things you should do. You will recall and remember my instruction to you. And I can go to my father in peace knowing that you are all right. That's the way every prophet was by his community. But when Moses was getting ready to go to the mountain, he instructed Aaron, look after them in my absence. God always leaves somebody in the absence of the one who's entrusted with the responsibility to keep on looking after his responsibility. Keep on looking in the way that I do after my charge, my ward, my children. The moment Moses was out of sight, the children started cutting up. I read in the book of Deuteronomy when uh, Moses gave his charge to Joshua, he told the children of Israel, learn this song, that when you sing this song, it will be a witness against you. Because he knew that after his death, they would utterly corrupt themselves. And this is written in the Bible to give you a hint of what would happen today when the messenger of God took his leave of us. It is written in the New Testament where Jesus is concerned, he kept telling his disciples, your, your love of me is not as it should be. Your faith in me is not as it should be. So therefore, he told them of the time that he would not be among them. And he knew that they would fall by the wayside. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that the disciples would doubt him. It hurt him but he knew that that doubting, that denial, that falling down would ultimately teach them of his great glory. And so Jesus left. And in the book of Daniel, it tells us how the Messiah would be taken from us. Didn't say he would leave, he would be taken from the people. Daniel prophesies that the Messiah would be cut off. And the scholars say that cut off means he would not receive honor, respect, and love among the very people whom he taught and nurtured and nourished. Daniel says that a wicked one would come and stand in the holy place. Think over these things. Forces shall stand on his part 
and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now look, beloved, when Jesus left his disciples, the disciples fell apart. When the honorable Elijah Muhammad left us, he was cut off from honor in the house that he had built. I want you that are in the radio audience and you that are present to pay careful attention to these closing remarks of this broadcast. In the book of Matthew, Matthew in the 24th chapter warns the people that many false prophets shall arise and they shall deceive many. After the true man of God appears, false ones come up after him to deceive the people. And it says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax or grow cold. If you notice, when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad left us, the only reason the government could not destroy the nation is because we in the nation of Islam had a, an abiding, magnificent love, devotion for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. But when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was no longer among us, False men crept in and iniquity began to spread and the love of many who loved the Honorable Elijah Muhammad began to grow cold. And when the love began to grow cold, the Spirit of God began to leave that Muslim community. The Spirit of God that made the Muslim community a guide for all black America. That even though you didn't believe in the teaching of Elijah Muhammad, you admired the Muslims because we were the most productive, disciplined, organized group of black people ever to come up in America. And we came up by the strength of our love for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his love for us. But now a new teacher had come. And this new teacher that the scriptures of Daniel says would speak great things against the most high God and his anointed began to stand in the holy place and speak against the honorable Elijah Muhammad and against the God that raised him up. The scripture calls the abomination that bringeth desolation. What is that abomination? The honorable Elijah Muhammad said it is hatred. When hatred shall stand in the holy place, when hate is replacing love, then the Spirit of God shall leave the people as the Spirit leaves the body. When the body dies, then you will see decay in the nation. You will see limbs fall away, people fall away from each other, and that, that nation which gave life to others will become a proverb among the people. And so it is today. Beloved, hatred stands in the place where there once was love. Actually, people are being taught to hate Master Farad Muhammad, to hate the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, 
to disbelieve in the fact that he is the messenger of Almighty God. And when that hatred came in and that distrust and that disbelief, then the Spirit of God went out. Even though there's more wisdom or knowledge, spiritual knowledge being taught, there is yes less Spirit of God and therefore the wisdom cannot hold you without the Spirit. And where there is no love, you cannot have the Spirit of God, nor can you have the unity that is demanded by the Spirit of God. Right. So in, as I conclude this broadcast, respect for life, the scripture says they spoke evil of the way of truth. And by speaking evil of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the man that brought us to the truth, we became cold and robbed of the Spirit of God. And so today, if we are to be healed, we must return to that source. This day I set before you two signs, one of blessing, one of cursing, one of life, and one of death. If you will come back to the love of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and believe in him as he instructed, then that love and that belief will bring life back to you as we once were dead and now we are back to life again. As Paul says in Corinthians, though I speak with the tongue of angels, if I have not love, I am like tinkling brass, or sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Think over these words of Paul. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, if I don't have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, if I have not love, it profiteth me nothing. For love suffereth long, it is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful. It is not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek its own. It is not easily provoked. Love really doesn't think on evil. It hopeth all things. It beareth all things. It believeth all things. Love never fails. And when a people are wrapped up in the love of God, there is no such thing as failure for us. We shall have success after success after success. For the love of God is the spirit of God. And the scripture says, as I conclude, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Spirit, saith the Lord. So if black men will love one another, the Spirit of God will come into us and the unity will flow. And from that unity, we will multiply and the blessings that God has promised us will come to us. Thank you for listening and may Allah grant you the light of understanding as I greet you in peace in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. What a message, brothers and sisters. So, if you have something that you would like to share, go ahead and press the number one at this time. If you are a premium member, the thing that stood out to me was that last part. Man, if we 
wrap ourselves in the love of God, we will be successful. Successful doesn't look like a straight line all the time. Successful doesn't look like a, a, a life full of ease. It doesn't look like a life that does not have difficulty. But he did say if we wrapped up, if we have that love of God, that we will ultimately be successful. And it makes me think about a basketball game. In a basketball game, you're going to have some turnovers. You may have some injuries. You may be down in the fourth quarter. But as long as we win in the end, we were still successful as a team to accomplish our goals. So our mission is not to try to make the road easy uh, or, or, or try to avoid difficulty, avoid down times. It's just simply to love. God, strive to correct ourselves, strive to be upright. But that love is what's going to ultimately help us in that and help us ultimately be successful. So let's go over. I see Brother Wesley got his hand up. Let's see if I can get him on the screen here. Hold on. Got Brother Wesley. Yes, sir. We can see you. Two things that, that stuck out to me in this lecture. Um, well, a lot stuck out to me. With the two that I'm going to land on, I'm going to try uh, with Allah's grace not to take up all Alexis. Y'all seen this? I try not to speak on too much to leave some for others. But um, the biggest thing, I used to always have the, the running joke of talking to our people and asking, what do kids drink? And I get all types of answers, Kool-Aid, 2% milk whole milk, all these type of things. And I always say, well, kids drink goat milk. Uh, so that's the power of language and how, you know, you know, kind of got to be careful about what we speak on. And when we think about the stubbornness and the fight that we get from our children, it's because we're calling them kids. And if we're speaking to them that way, and, and our thinking is that way, our actions begin to show that we're trying to raise them versus trying to train them um, as well. And the second point, um, that I, I, I land on as well, which really stuck out to me because it's, it, it comes home as far as home ownership and how the, the minister brought out how generally we pay more in rent for less housing. Um, and I really wanted to, to touch on the timing of this message because this is 1982. So I just went to look through what I have um, as far as the statistics and the home ownership rate, um, even 10 years prior to that, 1972 for black people was 42.3%. And then as of 2022, it's only 44.9%. So there's really only been a 2.6% increase in Black people owning a home. Um, and how even at that point where we don't have that same love that we need to have for ourselves as far as owning something um, and also um, doing for self and how we spend so much money with the, the, the enemy, we send so, spend so much money with other cultures, but then we complain so much about what we do when we do our, when we are striving to do for ourselves, we complain about black businesses. We complain about what's going wrong in the world and what the government not doing and what this person is not doing. But the reality is, is that we're not doing enough for ourselves. And uh, for me, that's very important because um, I was reading. I'm rereading uh, "Message to the Black Man," and on page 195, um, he spoke on um, the, the messenger spoke on 
um, that we need to spend more wisely. So he said the first step the so-called Negro wage earners should take is to spend only when necessary and according to their income. They should save as much as their salaries as possible, weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. We as wage earners should always plan to save something from whatever we are paid. Do not become extravagant spenders like the rich who own the country and everything in it in sheer ignorance for us to try to compete in luxury with the owners. And we see it so much on social media, how we, we broadcast what we have, the new this, the new that. Um, but what are we doing with our finances? Are we seeking to um, flash amongst those who don't have, or are we broadcasting what we've able to, to uh, achieve to those who don't have for a vain reason? Or are we righteously looking to do, improve ourselves and doing what's important first? Um, the messenger told us that we should make sure that we have a good home first before we worry about these other things, these other luxuries. Um, and then when I look at the laws, and one thing that is important that we need to look at is that when the when FHA or the Federal Housing Authority first started in the 1930s, they had policies put in place to prevent Black people from being able to take loans out to get a home. And then when we look at now, 42% of black people apply for FHA loans. And it's almost as if FHA is trying to give the money to us so much with this low barrier of entry. So it's just being careful about what is advertised to us. We're sold to, we're not taught um, by this enemy. So they, they advertise, they tell us and, and, and put things in front of us that look good, but in all actuality, it isn't good for our interests. So that's what we need to really focus on the love for ourselves. And, and focus on improving ourselves instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. Um, so I landed on that, um, just keeping in mind that if, if we're in the same state that we were 50 years ago, that's a flat line. So that still bears witness to what we've been taught, that we are considered a dead people. There's no progress being made. Even though you see some people becoming billionaires, some Black people becoming billionaires, millionaires, getting some form of success, if it's not happening for the majority or the masses of us, then we really haven't made any progress. So I'll just leave it at that. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Yes, sir. I see uh sister uh sister Sadia said, Can you show yourself? Um Yeah, I can. I just have to fix my camera equipment and I don't like using my webcam, so I just I'd rather just have like the image there than to use this like bad quality because I don't like the bad quality so I just rather turn it off until I get my um get my equipment fixed. But let's go over to brother Andre. We got brother Andre Moore. Let's go to brother Andre. Let me see Andre Moore. Come on up on the stage. Uh oh. My bad. My bad. My bad. I didn't know y'all couldn't see that. Come on up on the stage, Brother Andre. What are some of your takeaways? What's some things that stood out for you? Um, did you not see the invite? Hold on, let me try again. Try to send it again. Invite a speaker. Boom. Okay, I just invited. Try again. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Sacred. All right. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you and see you. Assalamu alaikum, family. Peace. Alaikum. Oh, man. Today was, that was amazing. And just, you know, speaking on love, 
Like, I grew up with love in my household. So I understood what he was talking about. But I also grew up, and I feel like I'm a, I'm a living testimony because I grew up in a, a Christian-based household and Islam was shielded from me. I'm Creole, so I know my descendants was, you know, of a time where the French came in and invaded Louisiana, so I'm a descendant of some people that came and caused destruction. So for me to hear that and understand living in America, and I live around a lot of people that feel like we are not targeted. We are targeted with everything going on, and a lot of people in our society today We'll just sit there and act like nothing matters. We just got to live with it. And my the other side of my family was in from the South. So I know what was beat into their ancestors. And that's not something that I just, you know, sit back and let people forget. Our world, our communities, our stores have the, the worst products. Everything was targeted to us. And for him to, you know, just me being an American, I, I don't, I'm not an American. You feel me? I, I don't I don't even consider myself nothing of that. But being the person that lived through that and I feel every single word, I just want to say that message is wonderful. And it's been going on for, for however long. And all that hate was get longer and stronger and all so much animosity between us and now look at us 100% hate in the world of America assalamu alaikum family alaikum salam yes sir thank you sir you know how to, okay there we go everybody but sister you see the, you see to know how to get up off that thing quick <laughs> oh, okay okay I was like man I gotta help y'all out but yes sir anybody else Anybody else have something that you would like to share on the premium? <laughs> on the premium side, anybody else have anything else that you would like to share? All right, looking at the comments on the other side. All right. Well, if not, make sure that you guys, <laughs> if not, make sure that you all share your feedback inside of the testimonials, something that you got from this. Um, also, please continue to share it out with people. Uh, just an update, we have started to get some of the thumbnails back for the classes that the women will be doing. The women will be starting it off as the brothers were still organizing, trying to see, uh, you know, put the put the courses and, you know, lay out the modules. But the sisters kind of got a framework. Sister Tamora has collaborated with the sisters inside the prior call. I think it's going to start. Well, I'll let you guys know, but I think it's supposed to start soon. Uh, maybe in about a week or so. I'll check back and we'll keep you guys updated inside of the power call. But uh, those classes will be starting. They will take place on Zoom, I believe. But you all will still see the event access inside of the uh, thing for you all who are premium members. So I, I think that's going to be exciting. Uh, starts on the 14th, meaning tomorrow? That's interesting. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that how fast it just came. So it actually may start tomorrow. So if it does start tomorrow, we will be sending out mass messages so that you guys can be aware. If you guys want to upgrade, you know, and be a part of those calls, you know, I think they're going to be very beneficial. They will be women only. So brothers, don't be trying to upgrade to try to learn how to be a better woman and all that type of stuff. 
we need to focus on our stuff and get our stuff together. So we'll be coming up with some stuff. Uh, still waiting for Coach Khan to Don, if he's in here, to hit me back with some of the stuff that he wants to deal with. I know he's going to be dealing with mindset, of, uh, of course. Um, but we'll eventually put something together for the brothers as well as we work around our schedules and things of that nature, okay? So thank you all for listening to this morning's prayer call. Inshallah, we'll see you all tomorrow morning. I also want to make an announcement. I know Brother Wesley, I think I saw him make an announcement. The power call testimonial part is not a section for you guys to make posts. That's not a feed for y'all to just like try to, you know, teach or do quotes. That's testimonials only. If you want to do the feed, make your own posts, ask your own questions and things of that nature, that's taking place over in the power call premium community. You guys can make your own posts, ask your own questions things of that nature on the premium side. The prior call testimonials is strictly testimonials of what you receive from the minister, what you receive from any other speaker, or what you're getting from the prior call. So I did want to clarify that. I know y'all see like that's one of the only places that you guys can make your own post, but that's not what that section is for. You can chat, you know, you can, you know, treat the chat like the telegram, ask questions about the prior call. But if you guys want to get off to other topics and things of that nature, you guys can, you know, dialogue and network and do that stuff inside of the power call. OK, not in the home section. All right. So thank you all. See you guys tomorrow. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.